Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The Around the NFL podcast has 99 problems, but free agency ain't one. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Apologies to the listeners. Uh, I missed the show on Friday. The minute... We were all going upstairs. I got a call from a ra- hysterical is a strong word. I'd get in trouble for saying my <laughs> wife is hysterical. Yeah, don't go down that road. Uh, but a very upset Emily saying that she had been in a car accident uh, nearby a few miles away. Uh, everything okay health-wise for my wife and our baby in the back seat. But the car, it's over for the car. Uh, it's older, over for the old Zeuser having a little extra pocket change this summer. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, we're glad to hear she's doing fine. Right? That's the most important yeah. part that that Harry and Emily are fine, but Daddy's bank account takes a pop, and it missed <laughs> an important podcast. So these are like the negatives, and we have no car now, or we, you know, mm. so there's stuff. But that's why I missed the show. I was bummed to miss it because what an action-packed right. show! I'm sure it was. Yeah, the, I mean, the positives were the first three news stories of the day getting an entire 45 minutes of airtime <laughs> without you here. Got to keep things moving. Do you feel like, I mean, it's you did the right thing, I think, in terms of your family, but yeah. do you feel good about putting, you know, family needs and concerns above the podcast? Well, it's funny you should say that because I had, it happened so soon before the show that I had the budget, the rundown in my hand that I had been working on for like an hour. I just handed it to Greg and said, Greg, got to go. Emily's been in an accident. And Greg gave me a look like, uh, you sure? That is not well, true. Guys, no, Dan we were all there. Likes making. <laughs> we were all there. Little networks. Greg Rosenfeld. I don't know. Is he sat on a phone? What's going on? Well, that'd be him then. <laughs> hmm. Is this a Judd Apatow movie? <laughs> Let's trim it down a little bit. <laughs> Who was that? 
Uh, that came from Chris Kana in London. Thank you. By the way, Dan's now gone full Damashek. He's testing out bits for the show before the show. Like he did this one before at his desk. <laughs> no, I gave, I gave Greg the rundown. <laughs> and Greg did give me a look, but I think it was more like you were a little shocked. Of course I was shocked. I was because all I heard was she was in a car accident. But it was that enough, sounds terrible. But the look you gave me was enough for me to think for a second to myself I was leaving the building. Oh, am I overreacting? Should I not be leaving right now? Hmm. Um, really? Of course I made the right decision. No, I was just – that was the last thing because you were kind of – I've never seen Dan's eyes and just – he was very panicked, which I would be I was too not that, panicked. Not in that situation. You looked <laughs> like panicked. you, you – needed in control. You needed me to get out of the conversation that yes. I was in. I was talking to someone else actually about our up-to-the-minute hit, which people should check out. Uh, we have another one today. Monday uh, – I guess it's too late, but you can check it on DVR. <laughs> yeah, you can. Check it online. Uh, two, 2 o'clock now, Eastern, every day. You were in the middle the of telling some sort of a story there. and then yeah. you go uh, I was talking to the producer of the show, and but Dan was kind of like just – Motion. I had me very over little very patience quickly at that this, moment. End this conversation. Yeah. And then I, and then I was out. Do right you? Away. Well, one last yeah. thing. Do, the three of us, without knowing if the situation was resolved, you yes. know, uh, positively, which it was ultimately, but we we forged on and did the show yes. bravely without knowing the how the whole thing wound up. Do you think more of us the fact that we were able to get into the chairs in that position and and get through with the show the way that we did in an excellent fashion? I think <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> All right. Big show today, sponsored, of course, by Mr. Flames Economics Class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. Um, we'll get into a little bit later. We also, as a foursome, had a nice getaway day in Palm Springs for Gonzo's 40th birthday. Uh, but maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. What is this? Turn this up. What is this? Live young. <laughs> Catchy little ditty. One, just one little nugget from the, the journey. Mark and I drove up. Um, Wes and his paramour got there a day earlier. Greg got there a little before us. Mark and I went to stop at a, a bar, and we asked a woman on the street working as a hostess, said, hey, is there, like, a good bar? And Palm Springs is a hotbed uh, for the gay community. And she kind of looked at us and said, you looking for a gay bar or a regular bar? <laughs> And uh, it was at that moment that I realized that, oh, wow, we do kind of look like I'm the bear and you're the, the other. Uh, what, what's not a bear in that community would be, be you. Well, and We're we, a good couple. We are, and we arrived in a car with a, you know, a, a child seat in the back, and so it looked like we were you know, getting away from our own kids for the weekend, so good for us. Not too far from the truth. <laughs> all right, Greg. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yes, we're going to get to the news. Uh, this is now one week almost into free agency. So where have where do we stand? What's happened since the last time uh, we uh, had a podcast, which was taped Friday morning here in L.A.? And then we're going to do some winners and losers of the first week of free agency. So that all sounds fun. Let's get right to it. Uh, La Cid behind the glass. Let's do some news. Oh, I want to make love to Greg. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what on earth? Was that pulled from? Yeah. Well, I, 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 <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> I love when, like... I have sources. La Cid is sneaky diabolical sometimes. That had nothing to do with me. That came from the live Periscope uh, video yeah. that, Greg, uh, that Mark and I did in the car. Wow, I got to check, I gotta check this out. And there was a 
um, F. Mary Kill uh, of uh, asked F. Mary Kill of the podcast group. And uh, and I guess what Mark said at some point. We have to play this again. I want to make love to Greg. <laughs> I don't know if I was that was a statement or if I was going through the options. I nope. believe I was going through. About this, to... you have to listen to it. Everybody, check it out on uh, on, on my Twitter feed. I think Mark <laughs> retweeted it as well. Well, Mark, Mark's face indicates he does not want you the, to uh, listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I think maybe the um, champagne I had with our brunch breakfast had a part to do with that. I don't know, some part to do with it. <laughs> Okay, let's get going here, and let's start with some big retirement news. Everybody loves retirement news. DeMarcus Ware, one of the best pass rushers of the last decade, it's over. He's decided uh, that he will end his career. He announced Monday that he's retiring from football at age 34, sent out on social media a little a little speech uh, or a little um, statement about his retirement, ending a 12-year career with 138 and a half sacks. That's, that's top 10 all time. That's eighth most. Uh, also got a Super Bowl ring, of course, uh, last year uh, with the Denver Broncos. And uh, here's the question, Wes. Great career. The Broncos, I guess, were moving on. He didn't see a great market, maybe, or maybe he just decided to leave. But is being the eighth-ranked uh, sacker of all time with the ring, is that enough? Is this a Hall of Fame player? The Hall of Fame voting body is one of the more unpredictable masses in America, but I believe he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Whatever that means to these voters, I think DeMarcus Ware is the best pass rusher of his era. What made him special in your opinion? He got a lot of comparisons to Lawrence Taylor. I think an explosive first step, very athletic, and a high motor, all those things together. And then I think also one of the most respected teammates and opponents of his generation. And a, a small school guy who got taken over Sean Merriman, one pick ahead of Sean Merriman, and there were a lot of debates that year. With more people being on the Sean Merriman side was kind of the bigger name. Where was one of those guys you didn't know like what position he was going to play? Is he a 3-4 outside linebacker? Uh, the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones made a lot of good draft picks over the last 12 or 13 years, but none better than DeMarcus Ware. I mean, that's in a draft where Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown – Troy Williamson, Carlos Yikes. Rogers, Mike Williams was taken one pick ahead of DeMarcus Ware. Matt Millen said that was the Good. biggest mistake of his entire career. Uh, Hard and, to find a top ten list for that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and where I mean, where to do it to have done it in two different uh, kind of iconic teams and franchises and get the Super Bowl with Denver that you couldn't get in Dallas. You just can't write a career that, like that. That reminds me of when I was doing research for the pain rankings and writing about Matt Millen for the Lions that they he had decided DeMarcus Ware would be their pick because they had taken wide receiver uh, the year previous, I over believe, and, and maybe two years before that. They had kept drafting wide receivers, and he woke up. Uh, draft day and decided I'm going with Mike Williams and I think his son Matt Millen's son uh, said something really striking in the in the NFL documentary it was like oh my god you're an idiot dad what are you doing and it turned <laughs> out to be the, the the nail in his coffin the one thing I mean we, these guys come through the building once in a while and I got lucky enough to talk with DeMarcus Ware for an interview before the the, the summer before the Broncos won the Super Bowl and, you know, no Super Bowl ring, and he was wondering if that would happen in his career. But also the thing that struck, struck me about him, 
him and Von Miller, that he was saying that Von Miller was teaching things to him. He was teaching things to Von Miller about pass rush technique, that he was such a curious player. He kept wanting to get better and improve. He wasn't, there was no, hey, I've done this before. I know exactly how to make the most of my skills. He kept learning. He said he learned an entire new pass rush technique right. from Von Miller that helped him have a great you know, season, the previous one, and also the year after. So Incredibly athletic, blew up the combine, but I think other players talk about him as a technician, a guy who had all sorts of moves, who could set the edge, who could do everything. You know, the NFL research sent out most career sacks per game in NFL history. Number one on that list is Reggie White. Number two on that list is Lawrence Taylor. And Demarcus Ware is number three. Right. That's all I, you need. That's a think, first ballot. There's no doubt. Plus the fact that – Reporters love him more. I was going to say, if, right. he, if he hung around a couple more years and maybe got to 150 sacks and moved it to the top five or whatever that wherever that would place him, might help him. But he's one of those like all-time good guys that he's everyone in. loves. So you you factor all these things together. Not even Bill Pullian can find fault with his Hall of Fame <laughs> candidacy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. So uh, congratulations to you, Mr. Ware. On a and a handsome career. man. I mean, known as, as one of the better-looking men. In, in, in a lot of that talk early in today's show. Just about men and, you know, just sexuality. It's just a strange podcast so far on that front. Well, we cover any topic that we feel like. Yeah. Nice Henley shirt, by the way. Greg. <laughs> Thanks. It hug, hugs your shoulders well. I didn't know. It your body well. <laughs> I never knew these were called Henleys until recently. Is that, has that been something that's always existed? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the New England Patriots. Let's move on to the throne of ease. My goodness. I was hoping I missed all this on Friday. That would have been the one positive. But apparently this stuff went down after the podcast. Brandon Cooks. We had heard that the Patriots had attempted uh, to procure the wide receiver for their first pick, uh, first uh, round draft pick. It didn't work out a couple weeks later or maybe a week later. It does happen because the Saints traded Cooks to the Patriots in exchange for a package that includes New England's first round pick, number 32. Uh, The Patriots also send New Orleans a... 2017 third round pick um, and uh, they get back the Saints fourth round pick number 118 and Greg Rosenthal you have to be loving this move because the the Patriots no dearth of uh, playmakers on their offense but this guy brings a different skill set to that offense well, he's got deep speed he can move inside and out he's a logical successor to Julian Edelman if Julian Edelman ever left in free agency i mean this is kind of what the patriots are doing these days they bring in replacements while the the guys are still on the roster and that was the one thing that i felt a little mixed about is what does this mean for Malcolm Butler i mean um rather for Julian Edelman's career moving forward kind of the same conversation we had with Stefan Gilmore but it just gives Tom Brady so many options this year I I would think I mean it's everyone you know the diet's great and every that's all important but this is what'll keep you young like having seven different good players to throw to this is the best Patriots offense on paper I think since 2007 and on paper their best deep threat since Randy Moss they haven't had that outside receiver in New England but isn't there some risk with this considering the history of Tom Brady and bringing in receivers from outside. If you're not on the same page with him in your in your route reads, you find yourself ostracized. They must have done their homework on him. Is he? It's not just can you run fast and do X, Y, and Z. Well, Belichick loves him. He said two years ago it, it, after a preseason game, "I'm glad I don't have to play against Brandon Cooks twice a year. I'm glad he's not in our division." I, I, I he just was a pain the pa- in the ass in, in New Orleans a little bit. 
Yeah, but he. I think part of it was he was, but part of it was at the end of last year he wanted to be a bigger part of the attack, and he was, you know. But in New England, you may not get that role. That right. You think Why, what get. changes now? He he spoke out about being unhappy when he got shut out in a game, and they have so many guys to pass to. Uh, you know, they they put up a ton of points to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. We saw it, and that was without Gronk. You're going to add him, and you have Dwayne Allen, and you have all these other guys. Is, is one of these receivers going to be gone now by the time the season starts? Danny Amendola, I think, will get cut. But Hogan, Edelman, Malcolm Mitchell, I mean, I'd be stunned if any of those guys are gone. So that's four wide receivers plus Gronk. It's going to get spread around. Maybe that's the risk is just so many talented guys who are, you know, obviously want the ball. They're competitive. Can they so far? Everyone that's on the roster right now, you would think is going to be with the program, but you never know. Uh, So we'll see how all that works out. And, And the Patriots keep moving. They keep doing things. They they wheel and they deal. They make another trade. Uh, they acquire defensive end Coney Ealy uh, from the Panthers. Ealy, just 25 years old, uh, was a little up and down last year, but uh, had a huge Super Bowl uh, against the, the Broncos, you may remember. So he's a guy that has plenty of potential, Mark Zessler. Uh, and they didn't. Uh, they gave up a second-round pick to get him. Your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it didn't cost them much. And, you know, when you talk about giving up a first-round pick for Cooks, it's number 32. It's essentially a second-round pick. I, I wonder if all these trades, though, are lining up. They don't have a pick now, I think, until number 76. They're lining up. If they want to, on top of this free agency plundering, to go out and you move Jimmy Garoppolo, you have reshaped the entire draft for yourselves, and you completely own the offseason. I mean, it's just like all these little moves open the door to a big move before the draft comes. And that would be a big move you would think would uh, tie into the Cleveland Browns. It it feels like the, the final shoe to drop in all this, it's just a matter of does the deal get done. I think it would be ironic if Deflategate causes the Patriots to actually get more picks for Jimmy Garoppolo than they they were forced to surrender for their offense in in that situation. But the his six quarters of football – are what everybody's going to grade him off of when Tom Brady was suspended. And they're among the six best quarters you'll see by any kind of guy who has been a backup or a fill-in starter. Mm. Yep. And the Patriots, this is a continuation. I think we saw it with the Browns using cap space to make trades. I think if you really look at the Sam Bradford trade that Philadelphia was able to do, the way they had front-loaded Bradford's contract, that was a way of kind of using cap space to make trades. And the Patriots are trading like crazy. They made more trades than any team in the NFL last year. And I think they're looking at this as a real sort of new new market. Like, this is a different way we can really get value. And now they've got three trades in the last week. That's some of the way that they used all their cap room. They don't have to worry about, you know, Brandon Cooks' next contract. They, they think they can get it done. And uh, all the this moving and shaking, one person that has not got paid, well, you got Dante Hightower who's still on the outside looking, and he's continued to visit, uh, but there is some speculation or belief, I guess, from these teams that he's visiting that he's going to end up back in New England. Another player not paid yet is Malcolm Butler, who's under contract, um, but now he watches Stephon Gilmore get a massive deal um, last week. And here's a statement that came out from Butler's agent. The Patriots haven't approached Malcolm about his contract since last year. And anything that says he keeps asking for the moon is completely false. Greg, why you got to do Malcolm like this? This is a Super Bowl hero. Very disgraceful. Very disgraceful. You're, pull, you're pulling at straws now. Okay. I mean, this is the best you can do. It would okay. be. I, I liked what I heard from him, though, that he will 
play, not even skip any off-season work at all under his restricted tender, which makes me think the Patriots would just be better off keeping him than trading him. I mean, just take this season, see what happens. Let's see what Gilmore looks like. Let's see if what the cap looks like next year, whatever. Just keep keep Malcolm Butler. Quit the trading. What a defensive backfield they'd have. I mean, I don't right. I, I think that's that go back go back to what Belichick grew up as as a coach. It was excellent defense and strong secondary play. I mean, you'd have this is sort of like the year they had Revis. You'd you'd, be, you'd have strength upon strength. I mean, there's there's differing reports out there, but there was some reporting that Butler was originally in that trade essentially and he maybe didn't want to sign the tender to make to allow it to happen. Hmm. That he would be going to New Orleans right Why? now. If well, not, if it, everyone says he's know. one of the best young cornerbacks in the league, he's already a Patriots legend. Why is he getting floated around like this? Why didn't they take care of him instead of going out and getting Gilmore? They've got a number for him that they think is appropriate. It's clearly less than Stephon Gilmore. Uh, the reports are, you know, way on. You know, during the season, it was under ten million dollars. I don't know. They think Gilmore is a better player. Clearly, maybe they don't love Butler as much as everybody thinks they love Butler. What if behind the scenes the negotiations have been less pleasant than we even would? Know? I always believe an agent at face value. He said, <laughs> "That's that's right. they are not asking for the money." Okay, contrary to popular belief. Good strategy by you. Moving on, uh, a former New England Patriot uh, has found a new home. Martellus Bennett. Uh, is the new starting tight end of the pack. The Packers announced Friday that they signed Bennett, just uh, who obviously just won a Super Bowl with the Pats. The deal is worth three years uh, and $21 million, uh, and Bennett immediately went nuts on social media. He's been tweeting constantly since the signing, even tweeting out, hey, pick my number for me. Let's go fly together. Uh, so everybody's, everybody's happy about having Marty B. And Mark Sessler, this Marty B gets it. This is Martellus Bennett. He gets it because uh, he's a guy that he's going to get paid either way. Maybe you can get a couple million more elsewhere. But the Packers give him the best opportunity. He goes from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? It's probably going to make him more money in the long run. Oh, yeah. We were doing a little winners and losers from free agency down the road on this show. I mean, how does he not boil out as an absolute winner? I mean, the guy is a perfect fit for the Packers. We saw with Jared Cook down the stretch what what it means when you give Aaron Rodgers a capable pass-catching tight end. This is an upgrade over Cook, and it's it's a great fit for that offense. It was funny, in our office, when they tweeted out that essentially the talks had broken down with Jared Cook, all these Packers fans on Twitter and in our office, like all upset about we're not going to get our tight end, and it was someone that Aaron Rodgers wanted to, and so it seemed like this is a bad move. And then 10 minutes later, they turn around and get Ben, and it's like, that's the life as a Packers fan. For about 10 minutes, <laughs> you're going through a tough time, then suddenly things get all the better. He's a better player than Jared Cook. Yes. I, I think if you watch, go back and watch him in September before he had the ankle injury that he played most of the season with, he was a much more explosive player in September than he was the rest of the year. And, I, you know, we, we thought that, that Martellus Bennett, well, I think he was on our quarter season All-Pro team last year. He was the best tight end in the NFL in September. What a terrible job by Jared Cook and his agent because apparently he it was the same amount of money. that you know, Bennett took a deal, and I think this was a great deal. I don't think Martellus Bennett got paid nearly the same – uh, nearly the number that he thought he was going to get. I I mean, and this is just speculating. I tend to think he would have re-signed with the Patriots if he knew how little 
um, he was going to get, but he wanted 9-10. to 10. They weren't willing to do it. They traded for Dwayne Allen, and now he gets this. This is an amazing bargain to have, like, a, a great option like that. Yeah, I mean, Cook was going to be one of my losers and when we get to winners and losers, but I, I might as well share it now. Like, we were just talking about this. Congre- and he, he might double – it might work against him in double here because he might not even get more money now uh, than even Marty Bennett. And, well, I mean, I'd be stunned if he did. And it's it's all about these guys sometimes don't realize stick with the with the positive situation with the great quarterback. It will work out for you in the long run. And because of some hard bargaining, he's completely potentially out in the cold. You're making less money with almost certainly a lesser quarterback. Yikes. One little note on the Patriots. They, Marty Bennett's going to get about $7 million a year. Cooks, Dwayne Allen, and Coney Ely are going to combine to make $7.5 million this year. Hmm. They got three players instead of one. That's why they have more cap space coming into this offseason than almost anyone else. It's unbelievable. Let's move on. Terrell Pryor. He will have a new home. The former Browns wide receiver has signed a one-year deal with the Washington Redskins at $8 million. Uh, Six foot four coming off a 1,000-yard season and 77 receptions in his first uh, real wide receiver year with a terrible uh, Browns offense, and he still managed to put up those numbers, but he gets a prove-it contract out of it. Greg, I got to ask the question here. And that, we get with the, all the negative comments he got during the season. The Browns, a team with a ton of cap space, rebuilding, have a young ascendant wideout. They don't keep him in the building. He gets a one-year prove-it deal. What is the stink on Terrell Pryor? Cause that's how I read this, that once again we're having more evidence – that there's something about this guy that people don't like. They, you just said it. They don't like him. The league doesn't like him. And he liked him. He is very similar to Cook. He had a much better contract on the table from the Bear, from the Browns. A multi-year offer, reportedly around eight million dollars a year, with guarantees into the second year. Pretty much the contract that Kenny Britt signed with the Browns. Terrell Pryor could have had. He didn't do it, and he ended up getting six. It says eight million, but it's a really a six million dollar deal. I mean, that's a great, that's a great low risk, I think, high reward signing by Washington. But it's it's amazing he couldn't do better. I mean, in an off season of ridiculous negatives for the for the Redskins, this is a player who's going to be interesting in this offense. And I, and it, maybe it's just one season. We'll find out. But I I kind of think that we would have seen some sort of a tail off from prior in Cleveland because he said it himself. They said, you know, today you, you, you met with reporters. Are you, are you sure you know, know how much drama is happening here in Washington? He said, I just played with six quarterbacks in one season. He's like, I, this is different for me as a player. Well, Mark, I have to ask you because one of your great fears as a football fan is the team, the player leaving your team and then having big years after he leaves. Prior is like the prototypical case for this. Are you unhappy that they decided to to get out of business with Terrell Pryor? The, the only thing that I like about it is, I, the, by all accounts, the Browns didn't just screw this up necessarily. Like Pryor thought he could go get much more, and I think a lot of players find out that's not the case. And I don't like the dynamic of bad team kind of developing player, right. player goes somewhere else. You have to stop that. But you also have to know this is our market value for this player. We're not bending it. The guy doesn't want to deal do business with us. We'll find someone else. I'm not. I'm not in love with the Kenny Britt signing. It sounds like you he know. went back to the Browns at the end too, and was like, "You sure you don't want to get in on this?" I, I think that there was that report. I wonder how much is that is just trying to save face and going back and forth because I think the Browns set their value when he walked away. They signed someone else. They weren't left with nothing. You have to but like Br- Kenny Britt more Britt's than a guy close to 30. He's had knee issues. He's had off it, the field issues. Prior, it's, it goes back to the stink thing. Like, how does Kenny Britt get? 
overpaid by the Browns, a guy mm. that's had all sorts of issues in his past. And prior, to, you know, he is not even close to the Kenny Britton when you look off the field in those type of situations. It just some. I, it has nothing to do with like me ripping the Browns. Or no, just, they were, that, I'm curious what the deal with Terrell Pryor. That was the signing of all Cleveland's. You talk about what their strategy is and what they yeah. want to do. Signing an aging Kenny Britt did not fit into that. That might have been we have to get someone. But you also drafted a bunch of wide receivers that clearly you don't like. And that says that you can you can you can make these trades. You have to draft players that are that are going to win for you, that are going to be developed. Because if you're, if you're already looking for veteran wide receivers to sign over all these guys you drafted, it's not a great sign. Let's talk some Brock Osweiler uh, because he is a current member of the Cleveland Browns. Who knows for how long? Uh, but after uh, one year into signing a multi-year uh, deal with a ton of guaranteed money with the Texans, the Texans wanted him out of the building so badly that they're willing to eat $16 million in a trade that we all have Uh, know about which happened last week that netted the Browns a second round pick and there had been some percolations I'll call them Greg Mm. but what something that may have happened behind the scenes in Houston uh, that led to uh, the the Texans washing their hands beyond the fact that Osweiler stunk last year something else and in PFT uh, pro football talk reported this weekend uh, that per a source with knowledge of the situation uh, the game in week 17 when Tom Savage was named the starter uh, or was starting in that game went out with a head injury. Uh, Osweiler went into the game, and then at halftime uh, there was a discussion where Savage was told he's out of the game per the concussion protocol. And when Osweiler learned he was staying in, he, him and o- Bill O'Brien got into it because uh, something along the lines of, oh, you didn't want me, and now you have to play me. And that led to almost a physical altercation of some kind, and the decision at that point was, it was history. Wes, <laughs> tell me about it. Self-entitlement of this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> You're number two on the depth chart. That's what it means when the first guy gets hurt. Right. You go in. That's how football's played, Brock. And for you to hold this offense hostage for 16 weeks and then – like pull a diva move of that nature. Well, he you, he literally used the words that he was being held hostage. That was those were some of the words, you know, according to Rock. you know the source here Come that, that O'Brien us. was holding him hostage. Basically, you're only using me because you need me. You know, the, like that's yeah. how it works. That's how football works. Well, also the other thing is it should surprise no one that there is uh, soap opera antics in Bill O'Brien's quarterback room. Mm. He's he hasn't been able to run that thing in two years at least. Brock is he's working on it. His name and everything about him, including how he's like a, just a little too polished at everything in front of the camera. He is, is like an, the evil character from a football movie, the starting quarterback who gets benched. Sounds like basically a Brock solution for the Browns at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. Because I worry about he'll end up landing with the Jets either via trade or some type of signing, or the Browns. We don't want them, the Browns to secretly be talking themselves into a year of Brock. You don't want him on your team. Now, here's a weird angle. The Broncos, uh, who were willing to give him a lot of money last year, they could sign him at like the league minimum if Elway still val- thinks he has skill set. Does that make any sense? I Don't you think there's too much water under that bridge? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it was not a graceful exit by, by Osweiler. That's a good point that he – he, oh, he did talk. He spoke out in the media about it, didn't he? I don't know if any team would even he refuse to go to the White House. Good, good right. move, by the way. Does anyone even see him as a starter at this point outside of the most desperate team? That's oh, no. I, we're just thinking about backup spots. I was thinking Rick Dennison is in Buffalo. That was his coordinator in Denver. 
had success under him, that would make sense as a backup job. I don't think this report is going to help him. No. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm all in for the Jets kind of tanking in a classy way this year. Uh, but I just don't want to even – I don't want to see Brock Osweiler in a Jet uniform. Well, you'll get RG3 then. Print that on T-shirt. RG3. I'm kind of all in for the yeah, Jets I'll take, tanking in a classy way. Yeah, I'll take – yeah, exactly. <laughs> tanking in Take Josh class. McCown and RG3. That's how you go 1-15. Like Tasteful a, classy. Tasteful. A bad RG3 season, you just experienced one. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think you won RG3. A bad Ace Jay Cutler season. You. Let's go. Looks Let's better on fun. the outside than it feels on the inside. All right, me. fair enough. Kaepernick, Brock, and RG3. It's like those – none of them are guaranteed to be in the NFL uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I think Kaep- I Kaepernick's think- getting Barry Bonds. In 2007, Barry Bonds hit almost 30 home runs and led the majors on, on base percentage and never played a game again. Uh, and he was like the face of the steroids era. I, I think – Kaepernick, a, a totally different situation, but I don't think he's going to get a job. Kaepernick doing that minus the on-field production. <laughs> right. Well, except he didn't really do anything like that most sane people would really have that big of a problem with. Yeah, but we're talking about, the, you know. I think you know it's football-related. I, mean. I think that, you know, if you've watched Kaepernick over the right. last couple of years, you don't, do you want him as a quarterback? In your Absolutely. I mean, really? he, had, he had some stretches last year where I'd want him as a, somebody to compete. If I'm the Jets with nobody. Sure, if you're the Jets. But I think the Jets are also – there's a couple of teams that are in a weird situation where they're, co- they're the collectors for these crappy quarterbacks. Just put it this way. I think you'll get a job. Of those three, I feel yeah. most confident. I feel like RG3 could be quitting football to, you know, take over his consuming life passion sloganeering. <laughs> Maybe he can be a, a bumper sticker maker. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at this, Mark. I don't think that the team owned by Woody Johnson is going to sign Colin Kaepernick. Ooh. Right, that's, mm. that's true. Um, let's move on. TJ Lang has signed a three-year deal with the Detroit Lions. This comes um, uh, after the uh, Browns got uh, center J.C. Treader, and now Lang gets paid. Uh, Lang has been uh, a starting guard for the Packers uh, since – 2011, uh, he's 29 years old, a former fourth-round pick, uh, and now he joins the Lions. Wes, um, you know, every offense, it's good to be an offensive lineman right now. T.J. Lang got $19 million. Is this a deal that will work out? I, I'm sort of interested to see how the 2017 Lions season plays out because their GM is getting so much praise for these moves are we sure that Ricky Wagner and TJ Lang are going to be better than Riley Reif and Larry Warford? I'm not. Right. I. It's kind of been a trend that teams with O-line problems have just been shuffling them around. Like one guy's, one team's problem is another team's solution. Lang wasn't a problem. I mean, Lang, Lang's a, a also really coming good, off several surgeries. Right. Lang's a really good player who's leaving that system and coming off hip surgery, and they and they have a good history of knowing when to say goodbye to their players. But you wouldn't think there's some huge difference between the linemen leaving Detroit and the linemen arriving. Maybe, a, you know, a little better. Get excited about the Lions. Are you? No. <laughs> it's March. I think you have some time to, to build up that excitement. Get my DJ Hayden jersey. Get your Hayden jersey. Official one, you're going to get the $110 one, or you're going to get the, the $40 one. 40 Smart move. It's not going to be there that long. All in. Very, very fiscally... <laughs> Responsible. Uh, and moving on, Jabal, she- uh, J- Jabal Sheard has a new job. Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Friday that the former Patriots and Browns pass rusher has agreed to a three-year, $25.5 million deal uh, with almost $13 million guaranteed with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts later confirmed that signing. 
Mark Sessler, your thoughts on Jabal Sheard, a former Brown, now in the AFC South. Well, I know he struggled during part of last year with the Patriots, was essentially benched, uh, came back to contribute some. Oh, I want to take away with him is that I, my, from watching him for years with the Browns, very tough player, played through essentially a something of a fractured foot for, for game after game for a team that had no real reason to make him do that at that point in the year and played under four or five different defensive coordinators, whether it was 4-3 or 3-4, Jabal Sheard always found a way to produce, and he was, uh, I thought, a kind of a violent impact player for them. I don't know if, it, you know, coming out of the New England thing, if you're getting the same guy, but always worked hard. I think it's a good signing for the Colts, who are rebuilt. They're doing things that their former GM couldn't get done in three or four years. You're adding the kind of players to make your defensive lines better. There were offensive line. There were multiple games last year where the guy on the other side, John Simon, was the best player on the Texans' defense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but the Colts needed l- younger legs at outside linebacker, and they got two of them here. They're going. They're going for Don Terry Poe. We'll see if they get him. They've got Kevin Minter at inside linebacker visiting. Their their new GM. After years of the old GM not being able to fix the defense, at least he's bringing in some quality players. And I think like he's Chris doing Ballard's it. been great. Right. He's not breaking the bank. I think right. he's, he's going after Dunterry Poe because Poe's market really didn't develop. And he's, you know, can you get him at a nice little discount? Value shopping. I like Wes. How about the idea you've yet to procreate? Uh, but as far as we know. If you, you like that idea? As you, I do like that idea. But <laughs> if you have a, a son uh, or a daughter, Jabal Wesley. Uh, probably not. Okay. Hey, listen. Everybody else had any ideas? Sounds Go ahead. good. It sounds good. Uh, I would call him like the return of the mailman, Wesley, like or mailman two. <laughs> mailman, little bulky. Wesley. <laughs> How about uh, Stefan Gilmore naming his daughter uh, Giselle, son, uh, born on the same day he signed with the Patriots? Greg, this is big for Some you. Illuminati you? stuff going up. Uh, on, uh, I mean, that wasn't the reason he did it. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it was. That's just a coincidence. It is one of those names, though, that it's you got to be aware. I don't know if they had that conversation. I'm, you know, him and his wife. It, um, you know, you got to have the well. You know, our kids get. You know, there's a famous Giselle. There's some names that are just kind of like the name is so famous that you got to think twice. Is Twenty that years name from reusable? now, is she going to be a super famous? Per- I mean, maybe she'll probably be, that's she'll the probably kind, be like the first lady of America by then. That's Tom the kind Brady of foresight the Gilmores have, and I don't. The first lady thinking. of America. I like that. Right? Couldn't you see that? Tom Brady goes right from, you know, as long as he's not retiring the at 55 Patriots, years old. His son takes over as Patriots quarterback, and then he assumes the White House. He'll still be under center in New England. He's got, you know, at the scandal from Deflategate. Anytime a politician has a little scandal around him, it will never haunt him. <laughs> yeah, right. I think, I think so that, that takes out The ship is completely still. Dan, Dan brings his gradual decline bit over to politics, switches over. It definitely does not hold in politics, I can tell you that. All right, 8 o'clock the light time. Actually, let's hear that. Let's do the Palm Springs song. Oh, yeah. Let's have some fun. Let's, Clearly, that's let's over fly. 100 years old. 8 o'clock delight time. <laughs> I love this Palm Springs song. Nick Foles back in Philadelphia, uh, making $11 million on his new two year deal, including $7 million in guarantees. Greg, what does that mean for Chase Daniel? It, the sun needs to be shining for old Chase. It oh. means he's gone, and Philly's the place you want to go to if you're a quarterback. You get paid. Weird career for Nick Foles, by the way. Very strange career for Nick Foles. Moving on. go back into college football after this. Chase Daniel, week one Jets starter. Take it. Uh, A little boring, but I'll take it. Let's go. 3-13 and we fly. 
Kendall Wright joining the Bears and a Chicago, uh, joining the Chicago Bears and a one-year deal worth four million dollars, according to Rap Sheet. Wright was number fifty-nine on around the NFL's top one hundred and one free agents list. Difference maker, Wes? No, I love the Bears' offseason philosophy of overpaying for everyone else's disappointments. <laughs> Uh, the Cowboys expect right tackle Doug Free to retire. Uh, Free, 33, has played in and started 107 of a possible 112 games since 2010. The tackles in the final year of a restructured three-year deal. Uh, Mark, not easy playing tackle. That body must be burnt. Well, I mean, it, it possibly. He's, he's at the age where a lineman would think about leaving. He's now literally free to go do whatever he wishes. Oh, my goodness. Play on words there. Nice. That was terrible. Terrible job on me. Lorenzo Alexander coming back to the Bills on a two-year deal. Uh, rap sheet report Saturday, the pass rusher. Coming back to Western New York, two-year deal, $9 million, $4.1 million guaranteed. Mm. Oh, my goodness, 33 years old. And what does he do? 12 and a half sacks last year. He'll definitely repeat that, right, Greg? <laughs> wow. Pay for that. Well, no one, everyone agreed with you in the NFL. He didn't really get a great contract. $4 million. It's good yeah. for him after a long career bouncing around. Please, Western New York, you can buy like six houses for four million bucks. You're doing fine. And and uh, Rex Ryan's old pickup truck with the Bills decals. The Jets have signed a uh, new left tackle, Kelvin Beecham, wow. formerly of the Jags, a three-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. The Jets, of course, cut ties with Ryan Clady and uh, Brino Gio Giacomi. Giacomini. Giacomini. Anyway, Beecham. Signed with Jax. Jax for the last offseason. Didn't do much. And now he's with the Jets. Going to be a rock on that, on that ta uh, left tackle. Toast to the town. He's a regular Tyler Columbus. They guaranteed him $12 million, including money into this year. These tackle contracts are wild for players who struggled last year. Speaking of, here's DJ Fluker on the grid. The Chargers tackle heading east, joining the New York Giants on a one-year deal. He started all 16 games in 2016, but he was let go. Uh, by the Chargers on Tuesday. Mark, I believe he had some off-the-field issues. Uh, not m maybe uh, an all-time player, but a useful addition for the Giants? Again, at this position group, you just get, keep getting paid over and over again. You have nine lives. So is it? A, I don't the Giants are not going to center their offense around this guy. But finally, Chris Wilson, Robert Woods, formerly of the Bills, signed a five-year $39 million contract with the Los Angeles Rams, who last year handed out funny money uh, to Tavon Austin, and now it's Robert Woods' turn. If you want to look at this with the contracts included, it's unfathomable that Robert Woods and Tavon Austin are making as much money as they are to get in the end zone a combined five times. Hmm. Five touchdowns between the two of them last year. I've got, a, I've got a piece coming, best and worst contracts. Spoiler, Robert Woods is on there. Thanks. I won't tell you which side. Congratulations, Robert Woods. A little bittersweet. Greg thinks you're a joke. So does Wes. <laughs> That's nice. But you just got paid he's a, a good lot player. of money. He is a good number three receiver, and he's a good blocker, but he doesn't make big plays. It's not a good sign when – and I, I said this on the, the fantasy podcast. Wow. I, I, did a, I went to the fantasy podcast show, by the way. Oh, good for you. Well, both, uh, of, both of you. It's did. a bad sign. It's a bad sign when they send out the, the tweet of his signing from Adam Schefter, and it said, one of the best blocking wide receivers in football. Because he's just saying what the agent said. That's the best thing they could come up with for Robert Woods? Well, it's, it's a bad sign when two people in the room have not been invited on the fantasy show, and it's Dan wow. and Mark. Wow. I think they, I, Thank you very much. Here with NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> NFL.com.
NFL.com. The NFL.com. The NFL.com's Greg Wilson. That's still who you are, Greg. That's who you are. I got no problem with that. <laughs> uh, before we get to winners and losers of uh, the first week of free agency, uh, any takeaways from our Palm Springs trip? I We have, haven't been on many uh, foursome trips. Uh, all four of us spent the night None. in Palm Springs together. I would say. It was a late night. It was a weird trip. Non, non-work related. I don't think we Totally ever. non-work related. Uh, it was a weird trip in the sense that uh, we got there. It was a three, basically a three-day um, party to celebrate Gonzo's 40th birthday. and Don Gonzalez, Colleen Wolf's husband. Yes. I mean, we've said that a hundred times on this podcast. I, <laughs> I still bet. I still it. bet the percentage of people hearing that on this very show is. I let them figure it out. Small. Let the let the newbies figure it out. You know, <laughs> sometimes you help out potential newbies. Sometimes they gotta you know fly with the information as it comes. <laughs> I made a conscious decision to just detach and fly. Gonzo. It's a legend. All right. Do you want to tell the new listeners who Colleen is? Yes, yeah, she's a part-time host. Great, great job on the NFL Now coverage all the time. Right. She does some TA work, of course. I'm on the edge of my seat here waiting for this penetrating analysis of the weekend. <laughs> anyway, so – and this is a 40th birthday party. So you got to understand the clientele. This isn't a, a party of 27-year-old people. It's a party of people that are around 40, okay, for the most part. Not everybody, but probably the majority. So if you have a weekend party – and it's going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Everyone gets to Palm Springs. Everybody's flying in from Philadelphia, the, the home base of Connie Fox and, and Gonzo, all the old friends, all the high school friends, the college buddies, uh, the old friends from the old newspaper, uh, the old daily. Uh, you know, everyone's <laughs> Former coworkers in. is what I think you mean to say. Yeah, whatever. And then uh, we are newer friends from the West Coast. Very, very kind of Colleen to invite us. It was a surprise party, and uh, I think Gonzo was very happy to see the four of us. Uh, but here's my point. They're going to rage when they, they touch down in Palm Springs, and they had a great old time. Wes, I think you were there Friday. I was there. The Paramore and I were there Friday night, a lot of cornhole, beer pong. Yes, you, your theory is correct. The revelry was going strong Friday night. Now, if, if this was a, a 30th uh, birthday surprise weekend, People are flying high on Saturday, probably. Yes, no doubt. But uh, per my theory, because you don't bounce back as quickly as you age, it was a little more quiet on Saturday. Uh, and and Mark and I and Greg was there when we when we arrived. But Mark and I landed with like like a major splash on the scene. We're looking to get like messed up and have fun and party. A hurricane coming. Yeah, coming it's kind of a hurricane. Step. And people weren't really prepared for the hurricane because it was more the calm after the storm situation at the house. And it was like, don't play the music too loud. And, you know, everybody kind of everybody, you know, piped down a little bit. People trying to sleep. People fell asleep. Um, but we still had a great time. It was just a little bit. I, and then I wondered, Wes, because you stayed Sunday. Did it return to powerhouse levels on Sunday the way it was on Friday? Did we just completely miss uh, really the, the sweet spot? To be altogether honest, there are some holes in my memory from yesterday. <laughs> we did have fun, but I can't say with scientific fact whether it returned to Friday night. Well, though, in in fairness to to 
this group that was here before. Not, not twisted, Greg. Make it look no, no, like no. I'm not. I'm not twisting them, at all. I'm saying a big factor why it calmed down is because authorities came over from the middle of the afternoon, Saturday afternoon revelry. I think even in the few hours that I got there before – before you guys, it was kind of going Saturday afternoon, and then people, you know, people came up. We got a couple of knocks. The authorities on, did put a damper. It came, on the, they got on a couple the of knocks on the door, and that's really when the chill, uh, chill I, comes in. I would in. say personally, I I think we showed up like fireballs from the sky, and I don't care. There was some fake. It was fake police. It wasn't the real. It was like fake police that showed up at the door, and I get all that. And I'm not the person organizing the party. I would have had a whole different mindset, but I came in, and none of these dynamics. Uh, Convince me to slow my act down at yeah, all. Yeah. I had a fantastic time from start I thought, to finish. I, I, I have very way. little memory of the entire thing. Strong showing by both of you guys. I thought, thanks, Wes. And we all had fun the time we spent together. And it, it was a great party. And Colleen did a great job with it. A great organ, great wife work. That's what I tell Emily. Oh, please. My wife, when she's on point with things, I said, this is just great white work, wife work. And that was She did an excellent. It was months Gonzo. of, and you know, Gonzo doesn't know this. He thought that they were flying up to Vancouver and then doing a road trip south back to L.A., which, you know, also sounds like a great idea. I would have maybe That's said a highly we have to go to cover. Well, I said we have to go, you know, see someone's aunt and uncle where you're not. So when you find out what it really is, you'd be super excited. But I would say this, like what months and months of planning she put into this emails, all this stuff. And Greg, can it, you a plus job explain to the audience that might not know what an email is? I stand behind my uh, name checking Gonzo. Everyone's like, who the hell's Gonzo? <laughs> All right, so that was our part. And then Mark and I drove back and did the live Periscope, which you could check out, uh, especially at the top of the show. You're probably curious about some of the topics. It wasn't just football. It was football and life. And we want to do more of those, right, Mark? We, the the group, and we should do some of these Periscope videos. I do. People I don't, like them a lot. You know, I thought it was quite fun. I don't know if, you know, in the in the 24 hours after, I want a soundbite going viral, you oh, know, mm. two seconds pulled out of something I said that are completely ridiculous. The Periscope. I want to make love to Greg. <laughs> that's, see, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. The Periscope should have been going during, during Mark's uh, sublime performance at brunch. Yeah, brunch was fun. That was good. Mark had a lot of statements about domestic life. We could leave it there. <laughs> I, I have commentaries about certain things, and I <laughs> unleash them. Dan deserves credit, too, for dropping about 25 burgers on the grill, doing a great job and feeding the people. Oh, yeah. I, grilled, I grilled, I grilled for the, for the people. I did, I did my duty. I don't think that you were adequately uh, celebrated for that. Well, I just did it. <laughs> I celebrated no, him. You know, uh, in the moment. I, I was pounding those burgers. They were delicious. Good. I'm happy everybody enjoyed their burgers. Let's now move on. Good weekend. Fun weekend. Winners and losers of the first week of free and Wes, I didn't even mention that I beat you in Cornhole. I was just being respectful of you. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into alibis or anything, so I'll just, I'll just pipe down. <laughs> Winners and losers of the first week of free agency. Uh, so let's, let's have fun. Let's, let's kick the ball around. So it's an old podcast expression. Uh, just kick the ball around a little bit and uh, share some winners and losers and. And Greg, I know you're itching to get this thing going, so give me a winner. Let's let's start out. Uh, you could throw out a winner or a loser, uh, whatever you want to do, folks. But Greg, why don't you just kick us off with a winner? Okay, I'm gonna fall for the Jaguars this year. Usually, oh, I'm no. not the one. Oh, no. Usually, I'm not the Uh-oh. one falling for the Jaguars. Doesn't make it right that you're doing it this time. At this point, I think everyone's just so tired of liking what the Jaguars do in the offseason. So it's kind of like you know, wolf. What is it? Girl that 
Sheep that cries wolf? The boy that Cut cried wolf. Cut this all out of the podcast. <laughs> it's over. I'm retiring. It's you over. Cried hey, sheep. It was okay. I'm leaving the company. It is not the sheep that cried wolf. The boy that cried wolf. <laughs> sheep can't speak, damn which sheep. is a major problem. Uh, anyway, go ahead. So you almost like ignore their moves at this point because it's like, okay, this is what, just what they do. I don't care. I love Calais Campbell. I think Bouye and Jalen Ramsey next to each other. I think they have reached the tipping point where the coaching staff cannot screw this up. I'm not sure about the offense. We'll, we'll see what happens. It, it doesn't change my mind on Bortles. This team hasn't won more than five games since 2010. They're a disaster. And I think this time they just have so much on the defensive side. I think it works. And they're a great defense. And they're a lot more fun to watch this year. What, you're going to just drop a 3-13? and 13? I mean, yeah, 3-13. and 13. But you're making a lot of sense. Right. I haven't been now, in on them these last few times. What's the flip side to this, though? Who have they released in the last couple of weeks? Julius Thomas, Jared Odrick, Devon House, all these guys who were the – they were the Ballyhoo class of 2015 free agency for Jacksonville. And the yeah. thing that you glossed over, not, uh, I don't think, in an in, in in evil way, but you said, oh, I still don't like Blake Borders. Well, he's still the quarterback. Yeah. He could foul up everything but you can't, you like can't, he did last year. I hate that. I've said that a million times this offseason, but that's their dis- – they've made that decision. I right. like the other stuff that they're doing. All right. Who's got one? I'll give you a loser. Give me a loser. This year's draft-eligible quarterbacks, because instead of teams not having any sort of an answer in the first round for that position and these guys being overvalued and overdrafted, not unlike maybe would have happened in 2011 other years where guys who should be third, fourth rounders are going in the second and first, I think when you see the Bears go get Mike Glennon, you see the Niners basically tell you that Brian Hoyer is going to be their starter this year and a team like the Browns could go get Jimmy G still that the prospect for any of these guys making first round money or emerging as sort of the answer going into this season for teams has been diminished incredibly over the last few weeks that the it was already considered not a great class but if you look up and down the list it's hard to pinpoint teams that are going to take a first round quarterback maybe the Jets but at six, that feels very rich based on guys that were that what we know about these draftable guys. Cleveland at 12, maybe, but there's no indication that they're in love with any of these guys in the draft. And you have to look down at teams like maybe Arizona takes a chance later in round one. Tops. I just I don't I think it's a bad year for quarterbacks and teams this time around, first draft, first round wise, aren't falling for it. It could be similar in most cases it ends up we hear this, people talk like this and January, February, March, and then by the time we get to April or May, two or three guys go in the first round anyway or more. Right. But it could be like the, what was it, the 2013 draft where E.J. Manuel went in the first round, Geno Smith came off the board early in the second round, and it could be that type of draft. But I, I can't speak to, like, the quarterbacks that are coming into the league, but it makes sense because the teams that need the quarterbacks most seem to be taking a different approach right yeah. now. I think I nailed that one. You I nailed agree. it. Wes, winner or loser? Uh, let's do two losers for the same reasons. I think the Cardinals found out that the answer to all or nothing is nothing. They looked a year and a half ago like they were about to go on multi-year Super Bowl contending run, and now they look like a team that their window passed them by. The Bengals, very similarly, one of the mm. from one of the strongest rosters in the league now to a below-average roster, I think, in Cincinnati. And the Cardinals, you lose Calais Campbell, Tony Jefferson, possibly Kevin Minter, Three of your starters. 
I, the, the Cardinals, I, I see where you're going with the Bengals. I think losing Calais Campbell hurts. Otherwise, at this point last year, what are we saying about Tony Jefferson? What are we saying about DJ Swearinger? To me, those are guys that they helped coach up and make look good in their system with that aren't necessarily the most talented guys in the world. Yeah, they, but they, the, they were caught a little bit with cap problems. And, and I want to see what else they do because I like Steve Kime. It's early in their process. They do – Sometimes some very good value signings. DJ Swearinger is a good example of a guy that they picked up for nothing, basically, and got to be a big-time contributor. That's fine, but talent's walking out the door, and it's n- there's nothing to replace him. They got caught last year trying to replace guys with DJ Humphreys and Robert Kim DJ, and they weren't ready. So to say that they have someone ready to come in and beat Tony Jefferson or Calais Campbell, I, d- I don't see that. Well, they're not on the roster yet. It's March 13. This is also a, a team that went from being reliant upon their offense to reliant upon their defense last year, and now what's the strength? David Johnson and what else? I think you're counting on – I agree. They're kind of just hoping DJ Humphreys in their line works out, but I think you're counting on their offense becoming great again, or else you wouldn't be excited about I mean, Michael Carson Floyd walked out, the wind, walked out the door. No, actually, it was Kim DJ that walked out the window. That's true. <laughs> Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ. Why did you fall out that window? Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ. Can you make an impact in year two? <laughs> You're right about Cincinnati, by the way. And I was a proponent. Sometimes I fall into this trap as a, a sports fan. Uh, when a team that I thought a lot of kind of gets banged for whatever reason, whether it's bad luck or a bad injury, uh, and and then you say, oh, let's bring back that team next year, and we'll, and we'll, everything will work out. Cincinnati had a really really good team in 2015, and they got banged by the Andy Dalton thumb injury, and we'll never know if they could have broke that playoff streak, uh, cold streak. And then last year, a couple of things went wrong, and I said, okay, I'd be willing to look past last year as a lost year, bring back that team again, and see if they can get things going. But it, it seems like, and it feels the way Wes is explaining it, like. They've lost parts now, and the offensive line's not as good. Is Andy Dalton going to ever get back to 2015 Andy Dalton if he has a subpar offensive line? I mean, there are just some things that don't feel right uh, with Cincinnati. I'd be worried if I was a Bengals fan that your window closed in a, in a cruel way in 2015. I got a winner and a loser. All right. Groups, and we kind of touched, uh, touched on one of them. First, middling offensive linemen. What a time to be alive. And these two groups uh, connect with each other. Matt Khalil. Russell Okung, Kelvin Beecham. Who am I missing? There's, there's, there's been uh, so many signs. So Manalek Watson got decent money. Mike Remmers. So much Mike Remmers. money, guaranteed money, going to guys that are clear. I don't think these teams even think they're the answer. They just think they're better than what they have, and they're not going to find something better than the draft. So what else do you do when you have a ton of money? You just throw it at guys that you probably understand there's a good chance it doesn't work out. But these guys still get paid despite it. And then you have on the flip side – the losers, the running back. So if you're a bad offensive lineman or kind of a middle of the road or underachieving offensive lineman, you could still get paid a lot of money. Guys without jobs after week one, Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, Jamal Charles, Latavius Murray is not in that group in terms of uh, resume, but guys that probably could definitely help a team. LeGarrette Blunt, every running Garrett back Blunt, essentially well, except no for market. Danny Woodhead. I think we're seeing no the direct reflection of what these teams think about the upcoming draft because it's not considered yep. in any way a good draft for tackles. 
And so they're so hard to find if you don't have, you already know if you have that guy on your roster or not. So these guys, they're reaching potentially financially for these available veteran tackles. The flip side, the running back class looks fascinating. So why do you go pay for some guy who's 32 years old and overpay him when you could draft someone that's on your team for the next five years? There are like, this could be all this stuff about running backs no longer a first round type of player, which is already, I think that stuff always changes, but there could be a number of first round draft picks running back wise this time around. It feels like not even, it's not even like, oh, age 30, you fall off the cliff in the running back. It's like if you're 27 or something, you can't even get work anymore. It feels like it's just a tough position to play and, and make money. And I think what you said about tackles in offensive linemen is so true. And I think it's partly like panic. I, I think teams do a good job and I think it's a reflection of their bad coaching. I mean, the Broncos said this you – know, they're kind of putting it out there that they thought last year was a, kind of about bad offensive line coaching, so they think Donald Stevenson can be fine at tackle. And we'll see if that's right or not. But there's no other reason to panic and give Kelvin Beecham that much guaranteed money into year two. Okung and Khalil got $25 million guaranteed. That's like two – that's basically the best you can now do as an NFL player is get two years – maybe a, summoned to a third fully guaranteed. And they all got it despite disastrous years. Like, it, it's it's wild. And it's at a position where you normally can coach guys up, where if you have a good system, you can find disparate guys and coach them up. Here's a winner. How about Russell Okung's agent, mm. also known as Russell Okung? He was Ooh, that's true. Laughed what at, are they got? laughed at in the past for wanting to be his own guy. And, like, he looks very capable. In fact, it kind of makes you wonder if more players will try to do the same thing down the road. Counterpoint, he got lucky. He de- he signed a bad contract last year, and then because he signed a bad contract, he got cut loose and fell into an amazing market for mid-tier offensive linemen where it worked out for him the second time around. Well, he stuck to his guns at least. If he, if he had backpedaled and hired an agent or a whole team of people and then he got a money, you know, say, so he'll never try that again. It's a reminder, uh, though. I think that luck is probably the number one factor in, like, if you get your money or not. Like, if things – In free it, agency. Yeah it, yeah, it depends on the year. It depends on the draft. It depends, like, what the cap space is out there. It's like if – Alshon Jeffrey, I think, got unlucky. I, you know, I think if he had gone into different situations, he could have done better than nine point five million dollars, uh, and that's what—that's just what happened to him. He timed it well. Way to go, Alcoon. <laughs> Wes, give me one. Another winner, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. The sh- I love the fit with Deshaun Jackson. His strengths versus what the Buccaneers needed. They didn't need an Alshon Jeffrey. They already have a big body wide receiver who can jump ball. A jump ball specialist. They needed a deep threat. Deshaun Jackson will make Jameis Winston a better deep ball thrower. And Chris Baker on the other side of the defensive line, one of the most underrated free agents out there. I think it's time to bring back with the last name Baker, the touchdown maker. Wrong position, possibly. Yeah, but maybe. How about Chris Baker? Chris Baker, the touchdown preventer. Yeah, but like, I mean, (laughs) the the sack maker. Like, you know. He's a guy that, like, not only is he going to, you know, take down the quarterback, he's going to strip the ball, run it in. He makes touchdowns. That's true. It would be very relevant probably at most one more time in his career. Chris Baker, the one-time touchdown maker. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, how about, uh, how about winners agents again just for getting John Lynch into the league? It's just like, hey, <laughs> you guys want some money? Here's like the United States Bank of Lynch. Just let's overpay like different markets, triple the salary. Let's go to the 49ers to give us some cash. Yeah. I, w- I want to say Chris Ballard. We mentioned him quickly, but think about what the Colts were a- 
you know, in recent history, Ryan Grigson not getting along with the head coach, Ryan Grigson not identifying the team's biggest needs and either hitting them on them in the draft or in free agency. Chris Ballard had an amazing opening press conference, number one. I think he set the tone, and they're already talking about players saying that they're attracted to what he's had to offer, what he said he's, he's about in the organization, and they've quickly started to address. They kept Jack Doyle. That was a good sign. They could have lost that guy. You get cheered. You get John Simon. You're starting to address the issues that the Colts have had for years under Grigson. Nice move. You, Mark, uh, Greg, you and I were both uh, feet away from Ballard in his uh, press conference. Yeah. Right? What were your thoughts about him? I agree with Mark. I, I was Im- impressed by him. He's an interesting – I don't know. There, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I put you on the spot on purpose. What's happening? No, there is – there's just – What is some, happening here? There's a strange energy coming from Chris Ballard that we need energy. to investigate. He's got a lot going on. I liked it. Are you I'm reading impressed. his aura? There was yeah. a little uh, aura I'm impressed, check. but it was – of an aura check. To get, there's just a lot going on. We need to dig in more. Well, we uh, Dan, did you I, have I, thoughts? I you have thoughts, confused. too. You had I thought you nailed thoughts. it. I think in terms of what we can say – um, into a microphone. Yeah. Suddenly you two are reading what people's auras. For? There was an energy issue, uh, whether good or bad, it just you know, something in the air. Hair recognizes hair, though. It's good hair. Solid hair. Yeah. It's no Sneedy. No, but who is? Yeah. Here's, here's a loser. Uh, the New York Jets and the rest of the AFC East after what the Patriots have done, and the Jets especially because they went all out during this Donta Hightower visit. Uh, put happy birthday, Donta Hightower, on all the screens inside that's the right. facility and made him cupcakes. I mean, that's... Wait, they haven't even desperate. lost out on him. It's very desperate. This is a desperate team. Cupcakes aren't going to cut it. How do you know? That is Maybe that's what bizarre. changes everything. <laughs> that Get is them a... cupcakes in here. Cupcakes aren't going <laughs> to cut it. <laughs> well, I mean, they really do that? Yeah. that's. Uh, I was thinking of breaking news into the them? show with that, but yeah. How many expatriates spending their birthday with the New York Jets? Very strange move. Not expatriate yet. Well, you know. He'll end up back there because the Patriots have manipulated the cap. I think Belichick loves this, though. He can convince this team that we're not the Super Bowl champions. I mean, that's always his goal is convincing them we're not defending anything. That's nonsense. Every year is a totally new thing. And he's going to have a a very new, different sort of team. It's going to be an easy sell. Winner, Patriots fans, always. (laughs) And forever. Because I had under loser. You, you, You stuck to the AFC East. I put the rest of the NFL in our NFL Network hit that, that uh, we did today, the season's over. Everybody go home. Stop. The Patriots. I listen. I've been saying it for a year. Hashtag cancel the Patriots. Hashtag save football. It has never been more dire. And if there was, <laughs> if there was one year to be a, a relegated from the NFL as the Jets are this year, I am totally fine with not even like having flirtations in my mind about having a good season because the season's over. The Patriots are going to be back in the Super Bowl next year. And there's almost a, a absolute certainty they win another Super Bowl. How exciting for the entire league. And absolute certainty that they <laughs> now, win. We well, see what you're doing. We see what you're doing, Dan. Wake me up in the next quarterback February. just reached his prime, I think you could be right. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady will never get old. I mean, so that's the only chance the NFL has. And now that he's cheated father time, there's nothing left. Let's I like get- how you threw a word cheated in there. <laughs> Can't wait to get overly excited about some week five Bears win over the Lions. Uh, you know, I like, here's a winner, Carson Wentz. Uh, we talked all year about, oh, this guy's getting banged in a big spot with these wide receivers. They, they, they're they terrible. I mean, they're just 
they suck, these wide receivers, with the exception of Jordan Matthews. But then Alshon Jeffrey, Wes, I, I know you don't view him as a prototypical number one, but I, I think he has that, that, that top-level ability. Torrey, I mean, he's better than Nelson Aguilar. He's certainly better than Nelson Aguilar. Torrey Smith, I think he is a prime candidate for a bounce-back season uh, if, if Carson Wentz develops. So then you got Jordan Matthews back in the slot, and they're, they could do some damage all of a sudden. I really like that wide receiver core, and that changed very quickly. Free agency will do that for you. Winner, Carson Wentz, who could have been a Brown, Mark. Well, we might have Jimmy G in a month if you're a Browns fan. So, <laughs> And I'll have nothing. I'm giving the I'm taking that corner, Mark. I'm coming. I'd be happy for you to. Pack up it's your stuff. It's not made over the course of three or four months. The Browns have been suffering for 20-plus years at this point. So. Right. Jets have had a great time. Jets have been to two <laughs> AFC title games since we've worked here. What a long time ago that was. Actually, one. <laughs> All right, then one the year before we worked here. Okay, go ahead. Another one? I was going to give the Bears a loser. Any team that gives Marcus Wheaton the same contract as Brandon Marshall is a loser. Like, what a weird contract. Like, they gave Deion Sims a ton of money. The Bears, I think, wanted to spend money, and they got caught. They didn't get Stephon Gilmore like they expected. I think the Glennon – I have no – I like the Mike Glennon contract. I I like Mike Glennon, so I'm fine with that. But the rest of it – also announced he's a starter, just so everyone's clear. Yeah. He is our starter week one. The rest of it, though, the Deion Sims and Marcus Wheaton and uh, – One of the things I've learned the older I got is that it's a little bit – you're a little bit disappointed to find out that sometimes corporations – just earmark money to be spent, and yes. that's how people get paid. We got money to spend, and somebody's getting it. Deion Sims, how Marcus, never us. It's never us. What are corporations spending money on us? Yes, that there could be more of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a. I had Malcolm Butler here. We kind of touched on that, but he he can't be happy right now after the uh, they they're now paying another cornerback on the roster like a quarterback, and I I can't I can't hit this any harder. Uh, but we've already talked about it, but it needs to be said. The ultimate loser, I think, of this entire free agency process, even though he's not technically a free agent yet, is going to be Brock Osweiler. The 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 fact that not only uh, did he get sent away in a trade, uh, and then now it's on the Browns, which I was obviously we know is quarterback purgatory or hell, depending how you look at it. And he might not even stay there. And on top of it, Wes, as you alluded to, the fact that this report now came out that's like, oh, he might be a bad dude to have in your locker room, too, that borderline maybe quit on his team last year. Mm. Uh, nothing good came out of uh, Brock Osweiler's life. I hope in his personal life things are going well. Well, he's uh, an, an incredibly rich individual, but that's not all that life comes down to. And handsome money. and tall. He's got some Very positive tall. things working, but yeah. in terms of... He'd do well in L.A. The first week. <laughs> tall and rich. <laughs> <laughs> got most of the boxes checked. Most of those are the oh, no. key uh, boxes. Bill O'Brien said he checks every box. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Anybody uh, got something else? Like like the GMs and, and corporations, we don't have to force it. No, Nothing I'm going to keep the rest there. of mine secret. What? I'm waiting th- this whole segment for Greg to start trashing the Redskins. Somebody trash him. Well, we've done that every episode, essentially. What a, I mean, I like the Terrell Pryor move, at least. But, yeah, we've done that. They, they've, they're an embarrassment right now. They know that. All right. I don't think they know that. I, they probably they're not even fighting back at, at at people calling them these sort of names right now. I think they're just trying to get past it. I've this heard era. multiple locals in Washington, D.C. judge this last couple of weeks as the low point. Right. 
of the re- of the Daniel Schneider era. Wow, and there's competition for that. And I and on the football side, I th- I mean Terrell McLean and Stacey McGee getting huge money was curious too. It was kind of weird. They, I guess I was a little surprised that they stuck with Scott McLuhan's free agency board. Mm. I read that in several places that they really? stayed true to his board. That seems dirty. It's probably just that that is input from not just Scott McLuhan but other people too. And then what do you reorganize in the course of three or four hours with with bullets flying? It's it's hard to do. I forgot I did have one more winner. What winner? NFL Network producers, because the Tony Romo thing is just still hanging out there. We can hammer away <laughs> on old Romo. It's just sitting there. Loser, That's not the viewer. <laughs> there you go. Winners and losers of the first week of free agency. That's it for today's show. We'll be back on Wednesday. Three shows this week, so uh, tune in. We'll have a show on Wednesday and another show on Friday. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tease it here. And it may be this week, it may be next week, uh, but pretty soon, back on the Around the NFL podcast, one of the most popular fan segments ever done on the show, makes its return in the very near future. I know what it is. A little bit of a tease. Let's keep it where it is. I won't say a word. In the shadows. Do you know what it is, Wes? I... I have a feeling Mark and I both believe it, it's the same thing, and we both know. Okay. Greg? We're going to bring Greg Hardy back? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Hardy sitting in. In fact, a full-time member, a new hero, Greg. No. Uh, all right, that's it. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss. The new money behind the glass. How'd you get all that money? The listeners. Till Wednesday. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.